Welcome to another episode of Wood Talk, an NWFA podcast. I'm Brett Miller, joined today by very well-known uh, distributor who has has really done a, a, an amazing job of staying in front of contractor and in front of our industry with you know through through a lot of different methods, and I think are, are pretty well known throughout the industry, even if you're not in their market. But I'd like to introduce uh, City Floor Supply today. We're joined by. Uh, Mike and Joe Glavin and Karen Baxter and Amanda Fox Rouch. I know you guys, you've been in business for a long time. The reason that I say I think you're very well known within the industry is because you guys have done an amazing job of staying in front of the contractor, putting out content for people to use as a resource, not to mention a lot of the fun things that you do with your customers out in your market, like the nailing competition, but also going back um, what was it, 2014, 2015, when you're, you guys had dealt with that fire? Yeah, that was 2015, May 17th. I'll never forget that day. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, I, and I think even in, in the industry, I don't know that anybody will. Anytime you hear or see something like that, it's shocking. But you know, you guys were Philly Floor Store, and I think a lot of people knew you because of, you know, a lot of the, the name you had made for yourself, again, not just in Pennsylvania or Philadelphia, but across the country. And when that happened, I remember it hit the news, and I remember seeing the pictures, and it, it was it was decimating. It was shocking. I couldn't even imagine. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and, and kind of drive into to the birth of City Floor Supply and, and, and all of that? Yes, um, Brett. This was uh, this is Mike Glavin. You know, we're we're a family business through and through in the wood floor distribution. Our day in and day out customer is is somebody who subscribes to the uh, National Wood Floor Association. It's the wood floor contractor that is uh, our customer. It, it was always you know in our thirty years of doing business was to service. The hardwood floor contractor, you know, taking uh, wh- what problems, what they had always uh, and looking at it and <laughs> things got reversed. And that, you know, we knew about fire and fire in the wood floor industry is something that happens all the time. We've had customers, well, since our fire, but well before it, uh, that had that had fires. And we, we were super cautious, me being the most just neurotic sometimes about fire and uh and yet it, it, it happened to us uh it happened on a on a saturday night into sunday morning and uh our entire place burned down without anything being recouped or being able to be reused including all our vehicles vehicles were literally melted our machine shop was uh, was was melted, and you can imagine for a, a, a flooring distributor has polyurethane solvents, wood wood molding, <laughs> and, and we were, you know, in May, we have our largest inventory. We're, we're stocked to the fullest because we're preparing for the summer, and and that, uh, so we had, you know, our inventory value was as high as it will be uh, in May than it will be all year. It, it all went away that May 17th. But we had some awesome friends in the industry and, and relationships that 
you know, just helped us through it. And, and I'm telling you, our business wouldn't be here today if we didn't have uh, the help of, you know, of the industry. And that did, you know, allow us to, to, to reconstruct and continue that narrow uh, little spider web of uh, ability to do business until we got back on our, uh, back on our feet. So we had other, this is Joe Glavin. We had other distributors reach out to help us with, you know, equipment, vans, truck. We had vendors extend terms for us. And we had contractors like, you know, pay their bills early to be a help. So it truly was kind of industry wide from vendor to other distributor to contractor helping us during that time. Wow. I mean, that's, that's, I, I couldn't even imagine seeing it all and, and really the blink of an eye go away, especially. And I, I, I guess you don't even consider that what you were talking about, Mike, with having, you know, the, the, the highest amount of inventory that you would have all year long up in flames. But I think what's so inspiring is, is what you just mentioned, Joe and, and Mike, you know, the help, the outreach, the support that our industry is, just, I mean, that's the core of our industry. And I don't know that every construction trade can say the same thing about how the industry networks and, and is really a, a big family. That's unbelievable that you had, you know, even competitive distributors helping out and, and, and contractors looking to, to help out however they could. It really does say a lot about our industry. So f- fast forward, I mean, what was, what was your thoughts once once you got over the devastation of of what had happened was there ever a doubt that you guys would build back up again uh yeah <laughs> i you know I mean, you know again i get goosebumps i have goosebumps right now yeah that um morning when you know you were watching everything smoldering you we didn't you know you just couldn't piece it all together it became a little bit numb and and we had a meeting, a family meeting, uh, you know that that night to say, you know, because we wanted to meet with the uh, the company, you know, Monday morning, because uh, nobody had a place to go to work. Uh, but we we then just kind of kicked it into uh, what was in the plan before, and you know, you follow and read the the business books for. Uh, having a disaster plan, and uh, we did have a disaster plan in place that we had tested back and forth a few times and found out that things within our plan didn't work. And it was only, um, you know, because we having the plan was one thing, but then you have to test it in order to make sure. And, you know, then because it was in writing, you know, other people, that is other uh, consultants that we had involved, then, you know, they kicked in, like they weren't numb. They knew, um, you know, exactly what had to be done and started working for on things like that Sunday. So because this happened that Sunday afternoon, they were working on, okay, the list of open orders. So the people that need to be contacted on Monday about X, Y, and Z. And, and, and then all of the processes, you know, just started because there was a, a plan in place. 
and that, backup. Yeah, and and you know, with uh, our investment uh, in, we we're a hardwood floor company that has significant technology behind us. We've always invested in, uh, and we're you know still working on it. Like for example, today, uh, you know. Uh, one of our guys is working with Dell because we're uh, we're going with the new server uh, system. So that part of our disaster recovery was to know that uh, you know we we did have uh, a plan in place. Then the next thing was to be able to communicate, yeah. which <laughs> we did have in place. You know our Ability and you know you touched on it is to say how you know we got you know our brand out out to to be able to communicate with with our customers uh, and and with that we use that and you know Karen that next morning was was working with you know Wick and Copy and we put out information on both uh, you know Facebook at that time I don't think Instagram was really a it was just budding. It was budding. We definitely had an email. Um, we had email marketing in place for quite some time. We had been blogging for probably four to five years at that point. Um, we had our e-commerce site. So, yeah, once they said go, we we got moving. And thankfully, we had all those um, channels in place. And it was very easy to get the messaging out immediately to our customers and our vendors that we were going to continue our social media. and. Specifically, our YouTube channel. We pretty much documented the, the rise. Yeah. Or, yeah. And yeah. I mean, yeah, we pretty much documented from day one the rebuild and communicated that almost weekly. And just so, worked in a remote office. And that's where we decided to rebrand it. Yeah. Oh, really? That was going to be my question. At what point did you decide that, you know, it's time to rebrand and, and put together a, a, a new business model? In our disaster plan, I have a brother uh, that uh, operates a business 30 miles from here. And uh, we said, well, if literally if the place burns down, you know, what are we going to do? And it was the same for his business. If the place burns down, what are we going to do? Or, you know, uh, just to say, uh, you know, and we uh, worked at, his place of business, uh, we just set up what we called the war room. And it, within that, you know, we, we had no product to deliver, but we had a lot of work to do. And so with the lot of work to do, every day was a, a meeting with the insurance companies, banks. Uh, and then also now we're looking at real estate. And, uh, and there was a tremendous amount of... Uh, you know, work that had to be done to, you know, to rebuild. But that the idea of the rebranding was we were also at a crossroads with our website and shopping cart. As if we started with our website and we took our first order on our, on the website in 2011. And we had worked through uh, information that was given to us by marketing consultants that you know, had said that the geographic nature of pages with Philly, as it was Philly floor, 
that that was going to uh, limit with some of the uh, how Google did its its search engine type thing. So we followed the advice and said, oh, well, this is as good a time as any to because uh, we went through a revision inside our website as we had very limited business. And that was, you know, revision two of our website uh, at that time. So we had, you know, we're developing and we just went full bore at that, uh, hoping that everything would work out. So rebranding our company from Philly Floor Store to City Floor Supply uh, was, you know, was a big undertaking, but we had no product to deliver. So we were going to stay working. And, uh, and, it, and it really uh, did come together um, through that, following the advice of, of marketing uh, um, people that, you know, told us that, you know, the tens of thousands of pages that are now on our, our website allows us, uh, you know, again, tremendous ability to communicate uh, with our customer that you can find. And, you know, it was all developed with the idea that uh, we want it to be, uh, you know, 24-7, that if somebody's working at their desk on a Sunday night and they wanted to pay their bill, uh, you know, they should be able to. And that was the idea of our uh, website was, you know, to have something that, um, you know, they could place an order and, you know, look at their account and pay bills and all that type of work um, in, inside our inside our website. And uh, and we just made it better and better uh, over the, you know, over the course. We're now on our fourth uh, revision on our website. And uh, I could say, you know, like that, that was all part of the, the rebranding. Uh, for our our uh, website, and that led to uh, an, a significant ability to be able to communicate further. Because then Karen took over, you know, information that we could then weave into with social media. Well, and that's what I, you know. From the outside looking in, from somebody who's who's not in your market, but who is aware of of where you guys were and where you are today. I mean, it's almost like you were a great business and all of a sudden when that fire took everything, I mean, you, it's like you guys rose from the ashes and now you're just a monster. So you guys today, you know, when we take a look at business today and what you guys are doing today, I know for NWFA, you guys host schools and, and you're, you're huge supporters of what we do. I was fortunate to be at your place. I think it was only maybe a year or two after you had, had, rebuilt your new your new building what you guys have put together is so impressive and i love i mean obviously selfishly from the nwfa's perspective i love that nwfa is so much in front of your customers when they come in and it just validates that partnership and hosting schools has been great but the other things that you guys do with your nailing competitions and you get everybody in the community involved and excited and engaged about um you know about the industry and, and, and why, why everybody's even in, in business. Can you talk a little bit about what you all are seeing today in terms of business and 
some of the some of the concerns and issues that we're all seeing? We're, as I mentioned, we're 30 years in business. And uh, last year was our best year ever. Uh, this year will blow apart last year's um, performance. So with that being with that being said, there there is a lot of uh, opportunity in the chaos. I put in a note that you know the uh, degree of disorder. Uh, I started in this business as a as a chemist, as a paint chemist, and one of the formulas that are drilled into your head is uh, you know the energy. Uh, there's a formula inside uh, thermodynamics that talks about the degree of disorder, and you have to have it for a good chemical reaction. <laughs> and it is the truth. It 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 it, it is something that. Uh, if you want, like for us, and I look at, I'm so far removed from those days of doodling with chemicals, but it is a, it, it does remind me of, of where we're at now is that there is that chaos allows for us to communicate with our customers over and over again about, you know, things that one that we do have or that, you know, can help solve a problem, you know, in another way. And, uh, so business climate, there, the media wants to put, feels like it wants to put us in a recession immediately. You know, I mean, you, you can't certainly understand that with the, the tremendous amount of inflation that has occurred, we've had to change how we look at things because before it was, you know, things were, uh, what I call regular in that you got regular price increases. You, you saw that two to 3% style price increase. Uh, and so we tracked revenue with the idea of, you know, that two to 3% price increase was something that was occurring. But now we got a price increase today from a vendor that's 15%. It's wow. going to start in August. That vendor had a price increase in March of we're almost eight percent, but but that that kind of price increase uh, led us to we track units way more now than we ever have, and that's like a so we understand you know that you know what's being consumed so we can you know make our buying better and that kind of thing. But you know so tracking units is something a little different. We you know we we didn't do that to the intensity that we look at it today i mean that's a when you say the business climate with you know right now as fast as the red oak pricing went up there in you know the end of 2020 to 2021 uh, it is plummeting now and and you know with uh, uh you never want to buy high and sell low so we're you know we're very cognizant of our inventory because we're following uh uh you know in some of the commodity pricing what oak is that you know we we are making sure that we stay competitive and again our month that we're in now that we're ending today will be the best month that we've had in our company history knowing that guys are uh hearing the phone ring less they, right. you know, we have regular conversations and we are knowing that, uh, and one vendor that I spoke to earlier this week, 
said that, you know, he would welcome a, a bit of a slow to get things back to normal. And I was like, boy, that, that's an interesting statement. I met with a customer yesterday in the showroom who owns a, a different business, totally different business, totally different market. He's looking to buy hardwood floors. And he uh, said that, you know, yeah, we'll probably see that type of thing happen. But he said, but I don't think that it will uh, cause us the, the pain that what happened in 2008. Right. And again, it was a totally different industry. And he, because uh, that, pain that was in 2008 was excruciating but yeah we we think that uh you know this region the mid-atlantic region is still seeing you know building occurring um you know we we are seeing the commercial building that is the apartment work uh, still still moving forward the school work uh as far as school building and school renovation uh, which is a market segment that we uh, service is is doing well. You know that that business it, because of COVID um, really took a, a a hurt, but you know has come out of that with uh, you know great performance. So so you know when you ask how is business today, uh, it certainly is different, and and we haven't touched on you know the what we you know the 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 gorilla that sits on everybody's desk and that is you know the supply chain um right right. getting product you know we're shifting all the time that's that that is uh and you know again this becomes that there's a degree of chaos so you know this brett that no, you would, we couldn't get a guy to change use and finish. You could give him a year supply and he wouldn't change of finish because my crews are used to it. I'm using this finish. I, I'm comfortable with it. I know how it behaves in every uh, scenario of, uh, you know, relative humidity and length of room cut. And no but call. now if you can't, get that product and you're not going to get it for four weeks they're being forced they they are forced to use something different and voila uh now they have a new favorite finish and it comes down to you know that is uh and something that this chaos has allowed you know for you know other products to get uh to get used and uh Hmm. people becoming more comfortable with them that never before has there been so much innovation um, you know, through this supply chain. I mean, the innovations in, in our industry for the last five years are, are magnificent. Uh, um, they've helped companies grow greatly because they're able to do uh, better work faster uh, right. Um, in terms of innovation with products, I even heard from some of the manufacturers that are out there that because of a lot of the chemical shortages or even the inability to 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 get some of these chemicals, they've been forced to re basically redevelop some of their finishes, re- use a new product or a new chemical in a finish or in an adhesive to 
just to stay on the market, to try to, to, to try to stay in front of their customers, it is great. I mean, it's great to see new innovation and new technology evolve. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's honestly, it's healthy to see people try new products and get out of their comfort zone, forced out of their comfort zone. You know, it's healthy from a business perspective and from a, just let's shake things up a little bit. Not that anybody needs any more shaking than we've seen these last few years, but um, I mean, you mentioned a lot of things there. One thing that came to mind, um, just kind of backing up a little bit about the economy and 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 really the wood flooring industry as a gauge to the economy. I've always felt like the construction industry, especially when it comes to the remodel side and the finished the the finished trades like wood flooring, tend to have a little bit better pulse on what's happening and what's coming than a lot of even economists are are able to predict. Um, do you guys see that? And it, it is it's very refreshing to hear up in your part of the country and your market that business seems strong still, even in the commercial sector. And I'd say that I hear the same from across the country in most markets. Do you feel like our industry has and I don't know if it's influence is the right word, but do we do you guys feel like we have a bit of a, a not a crystal ball, but a better a better pulse on on the economy than than other aspects and we we talk about our business is focused on helping the the hardwood floor contractor and hardwood floors uh, are are used you know and purchased um, so that the remodeling of uh, a home um, which is done by the contractor or, you know, the building of a beach home uh, or second home and those kind of things that are including hardwood floors um, are uh, are continuing because it's a very specialized group that takes um, takes care of that uh, that customer. Um, you know, it, it, it's not the same guy that is putting in tens of thousands of feet of LVT. Now, some of our customers put in a lot of LVT, but um, that's not their that's not their uh, day in and day out, uh, you know, bread and butter, if you will. Uh, right. And so, I, I believe that that just because you are you're insulated a little more because of in the hardwood floor business um, because of uh, uh, you know the the customer, the clientele, uh, and uh, and the specialization of, of the work um, that that's done. And so uh, you say that we're shielded a bit from uh, maybe what's happening in, uh, you know, other other products. Uh, I, I know that people who are in the high-end cabinet business are just swamped. And, you know, when they talk about a, a one-year lead time, you know, some of our guys are six months scheduled, you know, that, um, that never happened before. And yet the schedules are still six months out. Um, so, so there is a little insulation, uh, to the, to the industry. I think, I think that's what you were, uh, yeah. um, getting at is, yeah. But I know that, you know, um, uh, because they are, you know, I follow the data, uh, you know, as far as housing starts in our region, it's still, it's it's still growing. Uh, there's still a housing shortage, which I mean, the housing shortages don't get fixed quickly. Right. I mean, and there's still this. Uh, uh, so 
you know, with that, maybe things slow down to where you're not six months in advance because, you know, we tell somebody that you're not going to get your floor for 14 weeks. They're not upset. Three years ago, you couldn't say that to somebody. <laughs> not right. And, and, you know, but now it's a, it's an expectation uh, that you're going to have to wait some. Uh, and so th that kind of goes back to uh, a mill that I was talking to is that they would welcome things to get back just a little bit to normal is that, you know, that they're not so um, stressed and, you know, uh, pushed it to, you know, 16 week lead times. Right. So how are you guys dealing with that? And, and and that's, you know, you think about a contractor, someone who is three, three weeks, six weeks, three months, six months out, I mean, booking out and, and I'm hearing it also, there's people that are so booked out. And although the, the spigot's been turned down a little bit, maybe not as busy as it has been over the last year. How do you deal with a customer who say they've locked in a price six weeks out and all of a sudden they come to pick up the material and the, the cost has just skyrocketed. Um, obviously, it takes a lot of customer service skills from the contractor's point and business skill to be able to understand that prices aren't locked in, and especially in today's volatile market. But how are you guys handling that from, from your side of the industry, from the supply chain side? This is that um, constant communication. I, you know, the uh, uh, and we are working you know at that you know deliberately so you know the from the standpoint of the lead time so that you don't have expectations and it, it's not a perfect place um you know have we you know disappointed some yes uh, we try to get ahead of it but some things uh you know get out of your control because this uh, warps into uh, why are there some of the lead time issues? Why are there some of the issues? And that's because some, some, there's just not enough workers. And, you know, that like we hear those complaints, uh, they're happening to everybody. And so like sometimes communication as hard as we work at it, it does, uh, um, you know, it, we always want a positive result, but sometimes it happens, you know, that, uh, but that, that the key to all of it has been, you know, communicating, both communicating at the uh, with our our vendors and having those relationships with people that, you know, you, you always want to make sure, that, you know, that we matter, uh, you know, so we're connecting with people that we've talked to for, you know, for 30 years um, to, to get it to get an understanding as to when uh, sometimes we feel like we're a nuisance, but. Um, but it's that overdrive of uh, communication um, so that we can then provide that information uh, to the customer. Our regular, you know, blog post, our regular, you know, social media post, uh, we're, and, and that uh, regular Instagram post, all those things help us, uh, you know, with the change out of our email uh, weekly. Uh, to our customer base uh, about, you know, promotion and, and, you know, developing product information is always in flux <laughs> uh, because things that we might have put on the calendar, you know, uh, from a marketing standpoint, 
six months earlier, now you can't get. And that has happened regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Karen here. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've definitely had to change our approach a little bit in terms of um, messaging. But the good thing is that we've had a solid marketing engine in place for so long that it's very easy to kind of swipe and adapt when we need to. So our emails and our social media, while planned well in advance, very easy to switch out messaging when things like this occur. So we can't just count wood or braces one week, but we have adhesive in that particular week. The messaging is easily switched to that. Um, and it's been it's helped, you know, quite a bit in terms of getting the word out. It's weird. There's, I'll give you an anecdote. We literally yesterday shipped a vendor two parts from our stock so that they could complete equipment that we had ordered and ship to us because their policy was not to ship incomplete or you know equipment. So they literally had us overnight them the parts that we had in stock so they could complete the machine to ship it to us so that we could sell it. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. Like, wow. That's the reality. It is. And business has changed so much. And that's, I mean, that's a great, a great example of that. It's funny. We've actually had, and, and, you know, we have a lot of manufacturer support with tools and things that are stored here for our schools. And mm -hmm. similarly, we had a, a manufacturer a little while back that, Hey, just wondering if you have a, uh, an extra belt, I need this belt shipped off for this machine because we're on back order and we don't have anything else out there. So it's, it, it really is. It's 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 insane how deep these supply chain issues have have affected everything we're doing. But I wanted to to kind of touch a little bit, and Karen, you had, had briefly mentioned how you're reaching out differently and how important it is um, to adjust the messaging and everything that goes out to to not just your customers but but the industry. And you guys have done such a great job. I mean, I. I see some of your blog posts and some of your technical tips and, and all kinds of things. And it's, it's, it's great. And the videos, um, I know you guys hosted a school for us recently and, and I saw the video you put together for the school and I know you had, you know, Lenny, our instructor there, and you were getting some good technical, you know, tips and videos with him. It really does reach out within the industry and it spreads. And, and I think it's that universal language that we all have where we say, Oh, now I understand what, you know, how to do this or, or what that little tip or trick was, how helpful it was. Can you just talk a little bit about um, how you've adjusted and how important it is for for you to be in front of the industry with, with your messaging? Sure. Um, I've been working with these guys about 10 years now. And when I started with them, they had already, um, they just started in video, but they understood the importance of video marketing messaging and also um, helping customers solve problems with um, how-to videos, problem-solving videos. Um, and obviously everyone that works here um, from counter sales to the sales reps to the owners have expertise in the hardwood flooring industry. So that kind of sets us apart um, from a lot of the competition. And we wanted to be able to help the customers solve their problems if they're on the job, if they need to call us, um, if they want to learn how to install hardwood over concrete, things of that nature. So we just kind of developed a, a strategy based on questions that um, our workers here had gotten all the time in the field. 
and we just kind of went from there and it's expanded to a video collection of, I believe we have over a hundred videos um, on our YouTube channel. Um, and it's, you know, it just, it grew over the years. We had about 10,000 subscribers and I think close to 5 million video views and we get a lot of good feedback and, and uh, it's been a really good medium for us. And during the pandemic, obviously we weren't filming as much, but we were still able to get messaging across via some videos and just utilize past videos to help um, stay in front of the customers and uh, get the message out in terms of what we had available and what we could do during that time. I mean, that's it. And it shows, I think a lot of what you guys are pulling together is very well put together. How important is your presence through social media? This has been something that, um, Mike, I think you had even mentioned earlier. I don't even know if, if Instagram was around or, or nearly what it is today. Um, you know, back in 2015, but today we're seeing, you know, not just Facebook, but Instagram and TikTok and I mean, you name it, everything's out there. You guys are, are on just about every one of those platforms. Can you talk a little bit about your role there and, and how important or what you see that's that communication device? How, how important is that to you and your marketing abilities? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's super important, um, I think, for us to be on social media, just trying to post as much as we can. You know, we started the Instagram in 2017, and we try to post a few times a week just to stay in front of people, just to have people know that, like, we're still here, we have these sales going on, also to post, um, you know, kind of breakout videos from our YouTube videos, um, for example, the... Uh, NWSA school, we have this kind of recap video, but we also have breakaway videos of like little tips um, that Lenny showed the students and they're little, you know, three to five minute videos. And those are great for posting on social media because they're just about one specific topic, like how to replace a floorboard. And that's a really, really good piece of information that we could put both on the blog and on Instagram, and then we can put it on Facebook, and we can put it on TikTok. Um, so it's it's good for spreading information. Um, it's also good for one-to-one communication with people. Um, you know, we'll get DMs on Instagram from people asking, hey, do you have this in stock? Um, or asking questions about something that we posted. So it's good to have that kind of interface um, to talk to the customers and make it a little bit more a little bit more personal and they know that they're talking to like somebody, somebody behind the phone, literally typing to them, which is pretty cool. And I feel like it, it kind of broadens our horizons. Um, sometimes we'll get, you know, comments or messages in different languages. Um, we have people asking if we ship to like certain places in, like South America and Europe and things like that. So I feel like it's really kind of brought in um, the scope of awareness of, of our business to kind of an international level. I think um, Instagram in particular, too, is we found that we, we get a lot more engagement on that platform mm-hmm. than I think we initially thought we would. We were on Facebook for so long, yeah. and we thought, oh, we're starting to see a lot of contractor activity on Instagram. Let's just kind of, like, check it out. And we, I don't know how many followers did we have within the first week. It was, it was like 200. Yeah, yeah, and then it just kept growing. Um so yeah, I, and now we're noticing that TikTok is another platform we want to explore. We've just kind of uh, dipped our toe in the pool there, but um, it looks like it's going to be, um, you know, it's obviously a growing platform, and I think it's going to be a good place for us to be. 
Yeah, as I uh, see, you know, at this uh, uh, social media, uh, as the as the old guy that doesn't use social media, it it, ha- it, it is a tremendous way to communicate. It's forced me to to use it, and uh, you know, we have this hands-on visual group that is us that work in the hardwood floor industry and you know uh we're proud of the uh hands-on work that we do and that we're involved with and so that visual that visual ability you know when you talk about products and you talk about um the the work that gets done uh uh, to be able to share it is uh uh, is what the social media is so effective at and so it, it helps us to, to communicate, and we've seen tremendous benefit. That engagement is uh, uh, because we're, uh, you know, it, it is a part of it's a give and take. And that uh, when you say we, we get DMs, we, we are responding to somebody's question, um, that helps us have more customers in more places. And that's, uh, um, you know, helping us to, to you know, build our, our business. And we have some awesome, uh, uh, you know, events that let us in, engage with that. So the, the Nailer Day, uh, was started before social media started or the, or the, the drivers of social media and how, uh, active people are on it, you know, cause we had our first Nailer Day in 2011. We wanted to do something from a, uh, with Nailer Day as a, uh, an active event for guys to, and we wanted them to try different nailers. That was the purpose and reason. Okay. We could get somebody to change. We could, and yet there was these <laughs> new products that were coming out that, you know, Primatech had the Primatech engine that was changing. Uh, Power Nail had the roller, uh, you know, had their new nailers that were, you know, on rollers, and we wanted people to try new equipment, and nobody would try new stuff. And that was why uh, Nailer Day was invented, and uh, nice. and it's grown to uh, uh, a way to be, you know, continually engaging. Uh, um, and it's you know, it turned into you know our signature open house event that uh, um, that guys, you know, again, we have a a group of people that are really good at what they do and they want to show you that they're really good at it. And <laughs> exactly. so we put in place, uh, we put in place that, uh, uh, you know, they follow the national wood floor association spec, uh, for, for, uh, nailing and, and we can measure how fast they do it. And it's incredible. I find it incredible how well, um, uh, people do it and, you know, we have people to travel to come to it. Uh, uh, but it is a, a way that, um, you know, we get a chance. Social media, it, it performs really, really well at social media as well, because, um, you know, it's, it's active and you see somebody uh, with success, what they're able to do. Well, I couldn't agree more. And I know Sharon goes to it every year. She, uh, she she just loves going there. She makes sure when we're putting our calendar together for the next year that she's marked in for for attending the Nailer Day because it is it brings so much energy and activity, and you guys do such a great job of promoting it and showing off the skills that these guys have when they're when they're nailing up a floor. 
Um, and it really is. I mean, it, 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 it's like you said, when, when someone's good at it, when they're a, a fast nailer and we try to, uh, a nailing competition at expo the first year that I was hired on here. And I think it was in 2012 or 13 expo in Dallas, I believe. Um, it's not an easy feat to put together. And it took a lot of preparation on our part just to try to do it. And I mean, it was, it was, but it was fun. It was so much fun to see people come through and try it out. I think the winner of what we ended up putting together was the wife of one of our, our, uh, members. And it was because she was so accurate. We had painted little spots on the board where you had to hit the spot every six inches or whatever it was. Um, so it was a matter of speed and accuracy and, Oh, she was so meticulous with where she placed every fastener. But the point is, I mean, it, it was not easy to put together. So what you guys do every year has become a bit of a, you know, it, it, everybody's looking forward to it. Um, have you ever considered expanding that into a, a regional type event? Yes. And you just hit the nail on the head with, uh, what it takes to do it, uh, and the amount of, uh, uh, the amount of effort. And then things, you know, COVID put the big pause <laughs> on everything. I mean, so we're in this, uh, we got the three year pause. I think we're, uh, lifted from that finally. Right. Uh, and so, um, yeah, we, we have talked about standing and, uh, we were actually scheduled to expand, but it, like again, COVID, uh, COVID put the kibosh to that. So we'll, we will revisit um, that because it, it is a chance, uh, uh, you know, see guys in, a, let's say, in a different region. We do get some people that travel, uh, you know, three, four hundred miles to come oh. to this, but uh, wow, um, you know, we feel as though we can reach more. <laughs> nice. Just uh, I'll pick up and and move it around a little bit so yeah that is uh in the, that is definitely in the in the future that we've discussed that's awesome you know just one more thing and i wanted to to get your your perspective on distribution as a whole and where you see change where you see the distribution network moving towards and i and i say that because i think what I've noticed looking outside of the wood flooring industry, we're a little bit unique through the distribution channel network. And it's, it's a strength that we have in our industry. The, 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 the glue that holds our industry together is our distribution channels, our distributors. Um, I think there's so many other, even in the trades industries where people are buying direct or people are buying, you know, there's, there's, it's more through, wholesale or, you know, there's just so many different networks, but what do you see in terms of business changing for distribution in the future, good or bad? There's a lot of pressure on uh, current uh, structure of distribution model. I mean, it, it, it is, uh, and what I mean by the, the, the pressure that's put on it is that, you know, because regularly the National Wood Floor Association put out a survey uh, that would ask like, well, what's the, in and one of the questions inside that survey was the impact of the box store uh, that, you know, so, you know, and, and have we uh, seen the extent of, you know, because wood flooring products and, and contractors are 
you know, working with uh, accounts in the at the big box store. But uh, you know, one of the things that our business was established in, uh, with a service motto, and so we have a uh, you know, this industry uses very specific equipment. Our um, you know, one of the things that makes us different is that we have a machine shop. We have one of the best machine shops in the country in our in our business. And, you know, we are able to do and make, uh, you know, parts to equipment and fix stuff because nobody wants their, uh, whether it be their American drum sander or their Hummel, you know, we see equipment that's used for more than 30 years. And it's because, you know, people will repair it rather than replace it. So our machine shop, uh, from a standpoint of service, the other part of our service is uh, wood floor being technical. Is uh, uh, we, we measure moisture and the subfloor moisture on every wood flooring delivery. Temperature and relative humidity. Temperature and relative humidity. It's a starting point that somebody gets on their invoice. So the contractor, if, and he relies on that information, uh, it's one little step that helps him. We track moisture content on every uh, on every load that comes in. So we, we track lots in, inside our system and we know. So my point there is that the big the big box store, the lumber liquidators, or the the reseller, because purchasing is being done in a lot of different ways by the uh, possibly the end user and even the contractor is that those services you can't get at other, at, you know, at, at, at other places that you can buy product. And so um, that service is relied upon um, with, uh, uh, with our customers. The other part, of, and so you, you say, well, how is it changing? You know, without a doubt, you walk into a shopping mall today and it's a ghost town. So, you know, we, we know that the, the chances for brick and mortar style businesses uh, can see a struggle because there's tremendous, uh, you know, I mean, the Amazon type uh, businesses that are out there in, in the world. They, I mean, uh, you know, and having a website and that kind of stuff and being able to just sit at your uh, desk and buy product is, uh, um, uh, is out there. So we've, you know, we've adapted, uh, to be able to, and we see that, uh, in our adaptation, um, particularly coming through COVID, we shift more through UPS now than we ever have. And it's growing constantly. Um, uh, to the tune of we'll ship UPS even in the market that we deliver to, like they have a scheduled delivery of, Tuesday and Friday in their region. And, you know, they want it on a Thursday. Um, so we'll ship it UPS to them because they can't wait till Friday to get it. Uh, and they're not going to jump in their car and drive the, the 60 miles to come get it. So uh, even though we have a network of uh, and a delivery schedule within our, our region, which I think most uh, distributors have that kind of structure, um, you know, we're, we're using, um, we're using other shipping methods and UPS, FedEx, 
the you know common carrier common carrier to a job site is uh, that's a competitive advantage for us nobody wants to have a tractor trailer pull up and try to offload it at a job site um, we right. you know it's just that is that is you know nobody wants to do that it's pain and we solve that pain where we do job site deliveries and we bring it in the house and then we're able to do some other parts of our service, which is, you know, um, moisture measurement, temperature, relative humidity that gets documented on the customer paperwork. Wow. Uh, at the job you know, site. Uh, yeah. And at the job site. And that, that is, a uh, uh, so how, how is the wood floor distribution model affected? Do we see uh, mills wanting to, like certain mills, because everybody needs business, want to sell direct? Yes. I mean, we, we, we see that. We see, uh, you know, um, various other places that you can buy products that we sell, um, you know, on the, on the Internet or in other, uh, uh, other places. Yes, uh, we, we do see that. And um, it is something that, you know, uh, we will adapt to. So we've been working and working and continue to work at, like I said, the fourth revision on our website uh, is to make sure that our uh, rankings for, you know, SEO and, and making sure that our products pop when somebody's Googling. Because what's the first thing that everybody does when they yeah. try to find out about a product is they Google it. I mean, and my wife is no different than, you know, everybody else is making a, a, a purchase decision. And, uh, and all of that has uh, something, you know, we're, we're cognizant of. Distribution is, is really the glue in our industry that keeps everybody together um, from manufacturers to, to the contractor and everybody else. It's, it's, it's critical. And, and what I love is when a distributor brings in the manufacturers, they bring in the reps and put together shows so that the contractors have that one-on-one -on -one connection and they get a chance to not only see the product and see other product, but also talk to, to a rep who, who may be able to share some new things that are happening. Um, why I love that is because I know from my market, um, when I was in Denver, I, I think we were, we were lucky if 5% of the wood flooring contractors in that state even knew who NWFA was and much less would travel to go to a show, you know, the NWFA expo. So just to have distribution hold these, these you know, vendor days or, or nailer competitions or whatever it is to be able to get that connection, you know, it, it's a benefit for the whole industry, especially for the contractors that may not ever have any desire to venture outside of their own market. So, but the the, uh, the trainings, the uh, uh, National Wood Floor uh, training, uh, you know, we um, we do those because it really does uh, help uh, our business and our contractors. And I I, I wanted to um, touch on that the curriculum that's put together. I come from uh, that. Uh, more of a stickler uh, that there's a specification and you follow it, you don't break the rules so you don't get in trouble. And, you know, we have so much, uh, um, you know, with, with, there's a lot of technical ability 
a lot of technical stuff, a lot of um, chemistry that's occurring um, that, you know, you really don't want to have guys go off the reservation, but it happens regularly. And I think what National Wood Floor Association is doing where it, it creates this uh, specification that, you know, this is uh, something that you need to, you know, follow A through um, B to C to D. And, you know, and then we, sh and by showing it at the show with uh, qualified people that are saying the same thing each and every place over and over again is a, a, a tremendous credit to the, to the National Wood Floor Association and to what is put together that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud to, to, uh, to have, we're proud to have uh, that come to our facility. I mean, it, it's a great opportunity for us to have our customers, you know, be in, you know, like-minded conversations, but also have the structure that is put together yeah, so what you do with that curriculum puts everybody on the same page. And when you're on the same page, you know, there's less issues. There's less callbacks. There's, it, it inherently just makes everyone better. And, and it, is, it is that curriculum. And what you guys designed is tremendous. Well, thank you, guys. I, I truly appreciate that. It's, it, that is our objective. And, you know, we, we couldn't do it without the instructors that we have that are out there that and understand that not. curriculum. They are, not. you know, I think at your facility, we've had, uh, Lenny Hall and, and Jason Elquist out there and we've yeah. got, we've got a handful of great instructors that, you know, they're not doing this because it's, you know, it's, it's a, a, a career for them. They're doing it because they love it. They're doing it because they want to give back every one of them. And and they get it. Yeah, exactly. And it's not just the instructors. You're right. It's it's you know the 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 reps and and the other even contractors who come in and dedicate their time to help volunteer instruct that make that make those schools happen. And everybody understands it. And that's what again it, it makes our industry so unique in comparison to other trades um, or even other industries because we do. We're just such a such a tight knit family that's willing to give Yeah, for sure. Uh, all boats in the harbor rise and, and the uh, having the national wood floor association engage with our customer, uh, you know, here in our region, uh, which actually now we have, uh, we have customers that travel a distance, uh, you know, we, like Canada, Houston, uh, that type of thing to come to a, a training that that's a, um, that speaks volumes uh, to, you know, what you're able to get. And I'll tell you, I have noticed, I mean, my part of my job has been troubleshooting and problem solving with customers, both on the site. And, and I have less of that to do. And I credit that to the, the training that is that's happening. I have less of that to do now than I had, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And, wow. uh, and I just think that that is a, uh, and, and, you know, did it, did I track that? No, but I know where my time gets consumed and the pressure of, you know, job site issues was always, uh, um, 
you know, when it's an issue, you, you know, I feel for the guys going through it. And, um, you know, it, it certainly was stress. And there is a lot less of that now. And I do, I say, well, what's the reason? And I think one of the reasons is um, that there is uh, good training. And that is, that, that, can, that only is going to got to continue. And we'll, that's why we want to continue to support the type of training um, that's now being put forth by the National Floor Association. Excellent. Well, we look forward to uh, bringing more training to your facility. You guys are perfect hosts. You've always done such a great job with you know, the, the panels and the classroom and, and just being great hosts. So thank you so much for your time and, and supporting this podcast and our, and our, our industry. Thanks. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. All right. Take care. Thanks Take care. guys. Talk to you soon.